ho and what do you know? Welcome, everybody, to yet another edition of After Further Review. I'm your host, Alex Hale, and here we go once again. Another year, another trade deadline, and it's the weirdest trade deadline in history. That is for certain. Uh, so basically, in this episode, we are going to be breaking down the entire trade deadline, what it's going to look like for your Cleveland Indians, and what it's going to look like for pretty much the entire Major League Baseball world. because. Obviously, with the way, you know, the 16-man uh, player pool now and the way the season's going, I, I mean, it's just so chaotic with, you know, the expanded playoffs, with uh, teams all competing, and no one's really selling. I mean, one of the big obvious sellers, you know, the Giants, they're right in the thick of things, and people may think, well, you know, maybe they should go for it. Maybe they got some hot bats and their pitching's good enough and maybe they should go for it. Everybody is, it's like we talked about um, sort of when we first came back is that a lot of teams are going to believe that they have a shot because no one's really out of it. Like the only teams really out of it are Boston. Can't believe we're saying that. um, And the pirates, those are the two teams that are really like, I mean, you could argue the Royals and the Tigers because the rest of the division is much better. Um, But I would just say that those two teams, the Red Sox, maybe the Orioles, and the Pirates, those are the three teams that are really, quote-unquote, out of it. Uh, So it's going to be a real interesting trade deadline. And, you know, we're going to break that down for you. Um, I think this is going to be a really hard uh, trade deadline to you know pull off any trade. The Athletic is reporting the Rockies, Brewers, Padres, Rangers, White Sox, Nationals, and Braves have not signed up for the data sharing, which basically is to you know tell you know show teams how prospects are doing on the alternate site. Uh, so therefore, teams can get the data they need so they can make these trades. Now, with a team like, for example, the Braves, they were a perfect prime candidate to be a Mike Clevenger suitor. Without them in it, you might as well cross them off unless if the Indians either have inside knowledge or they feel comfortable enough with the package they're getting, whether it be major league talent. You know, the only trade I've really thought of that I would do with them is Christian Pache and Max Fareed uh, for Mike Clevenger. So you look at, you know, these seven teams that, you know, they're they're a mix. The Rangers, you know, they're kind of out of it. They're going to sell probably. Um, the Padres, they're one of the hottest teams in baseball, finally living up to expectations. White Sox, up to expectations. Teams are going to want to see what's in the alternate site. I mean, the Padres have one of the best farm systems in baseball. The White Sox do too, but the White Sox aren't going to trade any of their prospects because they're just starting. The Padres have been going about this for five years, you know, with this whole rebuild, rebuild. Oh, now we're slowly going to come back and now, you know, we're going to compete. You know, with a guy like Clevenger who would work beautifully there. You know, the Indians can't look at guys like Mackenzie Gore. Uh, I'm trying to think of his name. Luis Patino, C.J. Abrams. Those kind of guys, I, I think Luis Patino's now in the majors, or he's been sent back down. But you're talking about guys the Indians would be interested in who either are close to major league ready 
for prospects they could get on top of like, I don't know, Taylor Trammell, who is at the alternative site. Um, you have, you know, I'm trying to think of his name, Trent Grisham, which one of my friends keeps pounding the table for Trent Grisham. I don't see it. Uh, I, I keep telling him, no, 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 no. Uh, he's not worth Mike Levenger, not in a million years. Uh, but it, it, as you're seeing, you know, with these teams, the Rockies, they're in it. The Brewers, they could be selling. Um, I've heard rumors of Josh Hader being available. No, don't go for him. <laughs> I love him, but, you know, he's, I love him as a player. But, dude, like, no, no, I don't think that's the missing piece. Christian Yalich, if you're willing to move him, I, I don't know. Let, let's talk about that, Milwaukee. I don't know. It, it seems like a good idea. Uh, so, you know, you have the Nationals, too, who could end up selling a little bit. It, kind of like a small sell because they really don't have anything of value uh, that they can move. Like, maybe as Drupal Cabrera. Uh, so the Indians don't need that. So um, you have, you know, all these teams, they're not signed up for data sharing. It's going to affect the way teams are going to make trades. And as we've seen, for example, with the White Sox, they acquired Jared Dyson from Pittsburgh for international money. Basically, this is a defense speed move. Dyson doesn't move like he used to, but he's still one of the better base runners, you know, in baseball. So they get they give the Pirates international money in uh, comparison. Taiwan Walker goes from Seattle to Toronto in exchange for cash. These are the deals you are going to see at the trade deadline. These are the majority of trades. Um, and so, you, I mean, like the, the one trade, the other trade we had was uh, two relievers from Boston. I don't have the trade in front of me. I'm really sorry about that. I probably should have had that in front of me. And I didn't really think of the trade until I started recording. But they trade him for two smaller prospects, one of them in the alternative site, one of them who's been the bigs, has film. They feel comfortable enough about him. And plus, they're not on the list of teams that aren't doing data sharing. So it goes to show you, the teams that are doing data sharing are able to get these deals done with players they have. So it kind of gives me an idea of who could go for a Mike Clevenger who may not go for a Mike Clevenger, who the Indians might be able to target. Like, example, if it's the Brewers, Avisael Garcia um, was a guy that I thought, you know, could be a guy the Indians could look at. For example, and this is just all hypothetical, I'm not even suggesting this as an idea, but he was on a one, two-year deal. You would think cash, international money, maybe a flip of, you know, Greg Allen or something like that would be an order for that kind of deal. So you have that kind of trade where the film is there and you're just swapping cash. That's pretty much it. I mean, that's as simple as the trades are going to be during this deadline. So let's get into it. Um, so obviously the big elf in the room is Mike Levenger going to be traded. He went six innings the other day against the Twins, only gave up two runs, did a good job. Looked to be in trouble early, got out of it, limited the damage, put the Indians in a position to win, got the W, looked strong, you know, built that trade value back up to the point where the Indians can say to teams, we don't need to trade him. Team's forgiven him. He's in the locker room. We don't need to trade him. We can trade him in the offseason if we want, but we don't have to trade him right now. We can still have this five-headed monster going forward with now Tristan McKenzie as the five. And we don't have room for Zach Plesak, who's dominating 
to begin with. So now you put teams in a position where the brilliance of calling them up now is going to force teams to the table. It's going to force teams to consider, should we pay what they're asking for? Which John Heyman has said, the asking price is, quote, ridiculous. Well, of course, he's he's got at least two years of control left. Yes, and he's one of the top 10 pitchers in the American League at his best. So, yes, the trade you know, value is going to be very high, especially after limiting the Twins to two runs, who arguably have one of the best offenses in baseball. He's a guy you want, and he's a guy you have to pay up for. So I've limited it to two teams. I have searched high and low for teams that are going to fit Mike Clevenger. The Braves I've now crossed off because they haven't signed up for data sharing. And they're not giving up Ronald Acuna. They're not giving up Marcelo Zuna. There is no outfielder without the use of data sharing the Indians can get to justify this deal. All you have is what? A couple games on Pache. And if you can get Max Fareed, okay, you've got film on him. That's it. I don't know if you can feel comfortable to make that kind of a deal if you can't get the data on Pache. Especially when he's a guy that throughout his entire career, he was speed and fielding and now is starting to develop more power than average, which I project him to be a 250 hitter, 15 to 20 homers, 30 potential steals, um, a leadoff guy, and a gold glover. Like if he's only in 250, he's not going to help right now because he's just debuting. He's not that impact bat, you know, that the Indians are looking for right now. So I've crossed off the Braves as a potential club suitor because by pure logic, you know, process of elimination of all factors, Braves are out. So I've limited it to two. If this is going to happen, that's a big if. Toronto and God help me, the New York Yankees. So I saw this trade on Twitter. I don't have the Twitter uh, name uh, who has, I'm going to try to pull it up as I'm literally recording on the air. Um, but it was a three-way trade between San Francisco, Toronto, and Cleveland. Um, so it was it was a really interesting trade for me to look at and sort of say, whoa, this is a, uh, the guy's name is Mike Parrish. Um, so he posted, t- tweeted to somebody, and here was the trade. The Indians get Tony Watson, the lefty reliever, uh, Mike Yastrzemski, Kevin Biggio, Craig Biggio's son, and the Indians get back Julian Merriweather, a former minor league reliever for the Indians. Toronto gets Clevenger, Donnie Bats, Donovan Solano, the 32-year-old second baseman who's finally learned to be a big league hitter. Um, and Sam Henches, who I scouted last year, and I know the Indians, you know, talk highly of him. Yeah, I don't think he's anything. Uh, they, he, I'm just going to say this. In the game that I went to Akron and saw him play, his mechanics are inconsistent. His command was all over the place. And I, I was excited to see him. He was one of the like few prospects I was really hyped to see. His leg kick is so inconsistent, folks. 
I don't trust him anywhere. When I heard his name to be, you know, potential starter before Tristan McKenzie, I was, I was like, what? He's not ready. He's going to get rocked. I mean, I'm glad it was Tristan, but if it was Sam Henches, he would have gotten rocked. I, I, I will call my shot on that because the guy pitched horribly at Akron last year. And I think it has a lot to do with his mechanics. But you want to a trial? You take him in this scenario. San Francisco gets DeLion DeShield Jr. or Greg Allen. Basically their pick. I would say Greg Allen because they get more control. Uh, Jordan Groshans, which we've talked about him here, um, as, as funny enough, a Clevenger rebuild trade. He's the shortstop there. And Simeon Woods Richardson, a pitcher. I'm just going to say this on this trade. It it really is an interesting trade, and it sounds like something the Indians can pull off because they've done it before, you know, last year with the Padres, Reds, and the Bauer trade, where they got a ton back. They used other teams' prospects to fulfill the other teams' needs to give up more. But if you are the Giants, you're giving up Yaz, who is playing out of his mind, looks to be a mill of the lineup guy and honestly a piece the Indians could really use right now um and it's a lefty bat which I'm like you want to know what they kind of need that mill the order lefty bat love you Naquin I'm glad you're starting to heat up I just need to cover my butt you know you know for you because he's streaky he is streaky but you're giving up Yaz Watson and Donovan Solano all three outside of Johnny Cueto and Kevin Gaussman you're giving up all three of your really big pieces you can move. And you're getting back Jordan Groshans, who is a top 100 prospect in my mind. Simeon Woods Richardson is probably a back-end starter, maybe a reliever. He's not special. And then you get Greg Allen, who probably just fills in for Yaz for now. And maybe Greg Allen develops into something with more at-bats. I mean... Wouldn't be the first time an Indians player who was roll blocked, you know, finally gets at bats and shines, you know? Um, and so you look at this trade, I don't see where it makes sense for San Francisco. Bleh, San Francisco. Um, but it, it, you got to say, it's a really interesting trade. And it's one that I would really, really consider uh, building onto. You know, if you can walk away with Mike Yastrzemski, to play in the outfield now. Tony Watson to fortify your bullpen, take a little bit of pressure off of Oliver Perez, as great as he's been the past three years. My God, age age does not know who that man is. And thank God age doesn't know yet. Uh, so, and then you get Kevin Biggio, who will replace, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Why am I blanking on his name? Cesar Hernandez. Uh, so you, you get Kevin Bijou, who would replace him next year, but you can kind of fit him around all over the place for now. And then you get Julian Merriweather, who's a reliever that the Indians know very well. And if it wasn't for injuries and stuff like that, you know, he'd already be in this Indians bullpen right now. So you're talking about fortifying the bullpen, getting an extra bat, whether it be off the bench or you can move around, plus an everyday outfielder that you need that fills a role in the middle of the lineup. I'm not saying this is a World Series move, but 
it's one that makes you far more competitive. It should make you way more competitive than you were before. If Yaz keeps it up and takes the pressure off of Franmil, Frankie, and Santana, well, my goodness, it might be a World Series-like move. I mean, Watson, I think, is one of the better, you know, in terms of effectiveness and reliability relievers in baseball. You know, the past God knows how many years. I mean, ever since his pirate days, he's been reliable. Uh, And then you have Kevin Biggio, who's young, extremely talented, has pop in his bat. I mean, the, the guy can do it all. And you're building around the future still. You're getting a long term future piece with controllable assets in Yastrzemski and Merriweather. It's almost a perfect deal for the Indians. But I don't think that's the way it's going to go because San Francisco, I just don't think, would do it. So what would Toronto do? Well, there is a rumor flowing around that they're looking to trade Teoscar Hernandez, the outfielder. Now, he is one of the more talented players in uh, baseball when it comes to swinging the bat. And he's right up there, second in the uh, American League in, uh, in home runs right now because, you know, he's got 10 home runs right now. And, and a lot of people really didn't see this coming. Um, and he's really, really good out there. I mean, I don't know why they're looking to trade him. I mean, he's under arbitration the next three years. He's 27, won't be a free agent until 2024. Almost a perfect fit for the Indians. Is it enough to trade straight up Mike Clevenger? No. And I would throw in Greg Allen to kind of give him a defensive guy, a speed guy. They got Grichik, um, and I'm blanking on who else they got in the outfield. I don't know why I'm blanking on the Blue Jays, because I normally follow the Blue Jays. Oh, uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Uh, he's the other one. That's the other guy. That That's their outfield. I, I think it's more of a defensive thing that they want to improve their defense. They got other guys on the way. They feel good about it. Fine. I would trade Greg Allen and Mike Clevenger for Kevin Biggio and T. Oscar Hernandez tomorrow and never look back. You know, give them what they need to make a run. And I think they feel like they can make a run right now and going into the future. You know, Bo Bichette, Rowdy Telez, Gritchuk. Guriel, Vlad Jr., Danny Jansen. I mean, God, that team is so talented. And if you can walk away with Hernandez and Biggio for Clev and Allen, it's a perfect scenario uh, for the Indians to walk away and feel good. You know, okay, we got a guy who's second in the American League in home runs. He had Kevin Biggio here as well. We can make a run with this. You know, you can feel like, you know, we can we can do this. Now, would Toronto say yes? Probably not. They probably are going to want to do Clev for Hernandez straight up. And it's an interesting idea, but Hernandez is broken out onto the scene, sort of like as a solid bat in new, wow, okay, he's got big-time power bat. It kind of came out of nowhere to where I think teams are going to be like, are they selling him high? And knowing the Indians' front office, you know, from their track record, They probably are guessing they're trying to sell him high. They don't believe he's going to continue. That's why the Indians say, you know, we need Biggio back. Because if Hernandez is a bust, we're not looking like 
idiots on this. And with Greg Allen really not getting playing time, and you're going to play Hernandez probably every day, it makes sense to do it that way. Does Toronto do it, though? Probably not. But I think there's a deal to be made here that the Indians can live with. Now comes the elephant in the room, the New York Yankees. So here's the idea. Everyone knows Clint Frazier, Miguel Andahar are available. Now, they have injuries. It's not like they can just give up on Clint Frazier and feel like, oh, yeah, we've got enough to do it. They probably are going to want outfielder back, and I'm sorry to do this to the guy, Greg Allen. Greg Allen looks like he's a nice person, and I'm not saying anything bad about him. Great defender, great runner. I love you, Greg. You're not the best hitter. I mean, you're you're a defensive guy. I mean, he's a defensive speed guy. He's a Rajay Davis. And there's nothing wrong with being a Rajay Davis. That gives you a solid career in Major League Baseball. But we don't need Rajay Davis right now. We need need bats. And to throw him in with Mike Clevenger to kind of take the burden off the Yankees for feeling like, okay, so who are we going to put in the outfield? That lineup can afford to have a defensive guy like Greg Allen. And probably knowing the Yankees, they'll turn him into a 20-homer bat in that small stadium. I mean, it'll be a go-figure thing. It's not like they haven't lived with Brett Gardner and Jacoby Ellsbury being that for a while, who can't hit but can defend and run. They've done it, and they'll continue to do it. They can afford to do this. Now, what do the Indians get? They get Clint Frazier, Miguel Andahar, and Delvey Garcia. Now, if any Yankee fan listens to this, I'm sorry. This is the Yankee tax, as I call it. The Indians, by record, never, ever, ever trade with the Yankees. And I think after the Andrew Miller trade, there will be a tax on this one. Oh, you paid up. We paid up to get Andrew Miller. You're paying up to get Mike Clevenger. It's a two-way street. You don't get the same treatment. and You get same treatment. You don't get special privilege just because you're the Yankees. It, that's the tax. And the Indians get Clint Frazier back. They get Miguel Andujar, who I would say, folks, is your first baseman 2021. I would spend hours upon hours with this guy, turning him into a first baseman because he can't stick at third because he doesn't have an accurate arm. And he's not the best fielder. He's got a good arm, though. I'd put him at first base if the Indians were to lose Carlos Santana in the next year. Think of it. The guy is perfect there. Worst case, Santana comes back, hopefully on a discounted deal, because he doesn't want to leave Cleveland, because God knows last time he left, it worked out so well for him, so maybe he just stays for comfort. And now you take the pressure off Andahar, and now you have a DH to go with Clint Frazier. And if, if he returns, Francisco Lindor, Jose Ramirez, Framio Reyes, Tyler Naquin, Roberto Perez. I think Roberto's injuries have just caused him to be, you know, off with his swing this year. And, you know, hopefully Cesar Hernandez back again. That is a good potential lineup. And Delvi Garcia is a guy who a lot of people have had high hopes for as a potential, you know, mid-rotation starter. 
And now you have a guy in Delvey and Tristan McKenzie as the next wave on top of the wave you have now with Savali and Plesak and Bieber. Now you have, what, six guys, major league ready, high upside, dominant arms. The Indians wouldn't even really need to rebuild. And imagine, you know, in a hypothetical Lindor trade at this time, you get a highly controllable player and you don't miss a beat because everyone else steps up. It's like the Nationals almost when they lost Bryce Harper. The talent is there in this kind of a trade to win with Lindor and without Lindor. Just a thought, guys. Just a thought. But for the Yankees, this is the trade you have to make. You want Clev? Here's how you get him. Frazier and Ahar Garcia, and we'll throw in Greg Allen just to make you happy. I know there are people saying that they would want you know Noah Syndergaard, but here's what I say to the Yankee fans that look at Thor. Thor gets injured a lot. Mike Clevenger has been fairly healthy for the most part of his career. And he's been just as good as Thor. All you have to do is not make a trade with the Mets. Think about it, guys. What if those guys tear it up for the Mets and Thor gets injured? Boy, you guys are going to be hating on the Mets. But if it's the Indians, well, we know how you think of us, so you won't give a crap. I think you should just give us the prospects and be done with them. Now let's come back down to earth, guys. These are hypothetical Mike Clevenger trades because I think for the Indians to get the most of what they want in return for for what they need, it's going to take a Clevenger in this year to do that. But if the Indians decide, look, we don't want to trade him right now, and we can win with them, and we can make small additions, and maybe we can balance out the lineup and just fortify it enough to make some kind of run and just let October be October. That's very much in play. So what are some realistic trade options? Obviously, they're going to look at outfielders. I would not rule out relievers. I think they like Cam Hill. They like Phil Maton. Uh, they, they like a bunch of their relievers. But I think you know guys like Simber who have struggled and others like that, I think there is still room to improve the relief help. Now, there are a ton of options that I'm just not going to go into. Just look on any team that's out of it. My personal favorite is Michael Givens, but he's got more control and may cost us something. If it doesn't really cost us anything other than cash, I would just do it because that guy is perfect for the eighth inning uh, with Karinchak. Uh And I just would say, you know, Michael Givens would just, uh, I've said it for at least three years. He is the guy I've wanted to add in this bullpen when we had Andrew Miller and Cody Allen. And then when we had, you know, Brad Hand, this was the guy I kept looking at as attainable, cheap, effective. And if the Indians could get him, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth with him, Karinchek, hand, and then going forward, him, 
Class A, Karinchek, my goodness. Throwing a lefty there just for balance, and wow. You know, this team is still going to be competitive. But obviously, they're going to look at Mill. They're not going to look at Mill. Why was I saying Mill infielders? They're going to look for Mill of the order, you know, outfield bats. Obviously, first one that comes to mind is Mike Yastrzemski. Is it possible to get him from the Giants? Yes. Is it going to be a high price to get him from the Giants? It's possible. It's possible it's going to be a high price. Again, with this year, it's sort of confusing to see, you know, what teams are going to do. I mean, Yastrzemski's 30. Yastrzemski's 30. It's not like he's getting any younger. And I think if you're the Giants, you got to sell him now while you still can. And any longer you wait, you could lose value on him because people are going to think, oh, he's declining. Oh, it was a fluke. Oh, it was this or that. So if you're the Indians and you want to go for it now, get him while he's hot. And maybe while the price may be somewhat attainable. I know in the past, one of the guys I have, I pounded the table for in 2018 was Tommy Pham. And Tommy Pham has turned into, now granted, he's injured this year, but he was one of the better hitters the past two years in Tampa Bay. And I pounded the table for this guy because I'm like, you need a center fielder. He fits that. Maybe not the best defender. Can run, can hit. He's perfect. And then the Indians get Leonis Martin. And sadly, we never got to see how that would really play out if, you know, I I don't even call it tragedy. Just unfortunate events happened. And, you know, maybe it would have turned out to be the right move. But at the price the Rays paid, it was similar to what the Indians were giving up just in one prospect for uh, Leonis Martin. And it kind of angered me, like, you know, wow, we really could have just gotten Tommy Pham instead. Okay, whatever. This is that Tommy Pham-like deal to me where it's not going to cost you a ton. But it's going to cost you a little bit just to get the guy you need. And right now, with the way Yastrzemski's hitting, he's the guy you need. He'll fit. It'll work. If it doesn't, train him in the offseason or just move forward with him, whatever. Other than him, there are three names I'm really looking at. Kevin Pilar's had a good year for the Red Sox. He's a center fielder, left fielder. Um... I mean, he probably can play right, but I think Naquin's job in right field is the most secure out of anyone on the team. So Pilar's been hitting the ball well, uh, and he always has kind of hit the ball well, and he's run the bases fairly well. Pilar is not going to wow us. Like, he's not that impact bat, which stinks. It's the weird thing about this trade deadline that really bums me out. There is no real way for us to figure out who can we get. And I would love to say, get Jorge Soler of the Royals, but that's never going to happen because the Royals are never going to trade him in division while he still has a couple of years control left. I want him, not going to happen. So you got to settle for some of these guys that are just simply better than what you got. It's not going to thread the needle much. It might in the playoffs if they get hot. I mean, we've seen it before, like, Steve Pierce got really hot in the postseason and basically helped win the World Series for Boston. We see these kind of guys get hot. It's possible it can happen, but 
we don't know. That's the big thing. It's more like more unknown than, dare I say, proven, which I wouldn't even say Yastrzemski is, but he's more proven. Uh, but that's sort of what Pilar would be. And the same thing goes for Brian Goodwin. Brian Goodwin's a solid bat, solid defenders. He isn't going to wow anyone, but he does everything well. And he's just better than what you got now. If you're tired of playing Delino DeShields and Greg Allen because they're just not hitting, Brian Goodwin's going to offer a little bit more with the bat than they will. So you have that ability with him to rely on him a tad more. Is he going to wow you? No, he's not. But is he going to do enough? Yes. He's going to do enough to get you in the playoffs, maybe make an impact, and if he gets hot, let's go. The fourth one is kind of a wild card because I don't know if they'd even trade him. But he they're not using him. And he was so red hot last year that I would have thought he would have made the team. And it's Aristis Aquino from the Reds. He went on a tear at this time last year where he was the biggest name in baseball. You know, every time he came up, he was hitting home runs and people were going crazy for him in Cincy. And now he's just at the alternative site kind of chilling because they have no room for him. And with Castellanos locked up, with Nick Senzel now in the outfield, with Jesse Winker tearing it up now, they don't have room for him. It's sort of like he's roadblocked. And this is one of those rare instances where the Indians could kind of pull off their own, dare I say, uh, Gio Urshela-like move, where you're, you're roadblocked, not being utilized, come here, get your at-bats, tear it up. And he's got big-time power. You're looking for that big thumper? There's your big thumper. I mean, put him next to Franmil going for Jesus. Exit velocity, launch angles, beware. My God, those two are going to kill baseballs in Cleveland. I think John Ams may not be safe. (laughs) But those are the guys that are realistic options for the Indians. Is one going to be dealt? I have no idea, quite honestly. And can a trade be reached? That's even more questionable. I think Yaz and Aquino of the four are going to be a little bit more expensive because they have more control. They have more upside than Pilar and Goodwin. So you may have to give up more and pay accordingly. But I think out of the four, Yastrzemski fits what the Indians need right now. If you're looking for upside and just get someone at bats and see if he can do it, Aquino's the way to go. But there might be a reason he's not on the team. You know, I mean, he came for like, I think a couple games and then got sent back down. So there's probably a reason he's not on the major league team after hitting 16 home runs last year. There's got to be a reason. Whether it be he got lazy in the offseason and was not hitting well, or whether it be he's just not in shape, or whether it just be it was all a fluke. Aquino's risky, but the upside's there. Yastrzemski is more safe, but it'll cost you more. For me, I would say uh, the four, I get Yaz first, Aquino second, Pilar third. I love Brian Goodwin, but I think Pilar fits what the Indians need defensively in center field more. 
than Goodwin, and Pilar might be able to provide something more with the bat. Um, and, and that's kind of where I'm at. So the Indians have a lot to do in the next uh, couple days. Uh, August 31st is the trade deadline. Do I think a deal's going to get done? Yeah, I think something will get done. What it is, I have no idea. Um, I think around the league, you're going to see a lot of talk. I know Lance Lynn is the big name next to Mike Clevenger, uh, who's with the Rangers. I don't think he gets moved because he's got an out of your control. And remember, money is a big factor for every team this year. Only a few teams are going to really be able to afford bringing in extra money, whether it be, you know, for whatever reason. So only a handful of teams can do this. So I don't think guys like Johnny Cueto, uh, Lance Lynn end up getting moved because of their contracts. You have to basically give up similar money to do this. So, and with teams like the Marlins and others competing, it's going to be tougher to make trades. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting couple days leading up to the trade deadline. Uh, it, it, I don't think much is going to happen. I think there's a lot of talk, but I think the big problem is going to be finishing the deal. It just comes down to which owners want to win it this year and are willing to invest a tad more money into their uh, payroll for the year. I mean, it's more like, can they afford it? It's not like even you know, do they want to? I'm I'm sure most owners, you know, would say, hey, you know, we're in it, we can win it, and let's go for it. I mean, like, if I'm, if, for example, the Twins, I'm looking at Lance Lynn. I'm like, Lance Lynn is the missing piece. Like, Lance Lynn, with our rotation the way it is right now, wins us a World Series with our lineup. I would even dare say even the White Sox should consider it. You put Lance Lynn with Lucas Giolito. Good night, everybody. The, like those two teams, it's up to them to decide, you know, do we really have the money to really invest with all of our losses this year? It, 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 there, it, there's so many moving parts and so many complicated areas to this that it's impossible to predict who's getting moved. I would guess, if anything, because of club's deal with the arbitration and years of control on him, he's the most likely of the Cueto Lynn group to get moved. If they don't get traded, you're looking at guys like Mike Miner, Kevin Gaussman, all on cheaper deals, all don't really move the payroll too much. And it's something owners may feel more comfortable with bringing in, for their losses and just going for it with that. And plus, you know, the prospects, you know, teams really don't want to move prospects right now. It's clear. So we'll see how this goes. And uh, it's going to be an interesting next couple days again, like I said. So hope you guys enjoyed the show. I'll be back probably sometime in the next week or two uh, to talk Cleveland Browns. Will I have a guest? I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? There are a couple of options out there. I know one in particular is asking. I know one has already committed to coming on and talking NFL with me. And all I'll say is, you know them, you love them. And I'm genuine 
right now. There's your hint, everybody. No, it's not Pat Shermer. Think even more. Think. It's not hard. If you know me, you know who it is. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you subscribe to the uh, show page. Leave a rating if you like it. Uh, you can find me at the CLE Sports Guy. I'm your host, Alex Hill. Until next time, I am out.